I'm Jade. And I'm Josh. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review the Netflix Western The Harder They Fall, rank our top five Western movies, and discuss new titles for Disney Plus Day. So remember to rate, review, and follow our show because it really helps us out. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to Welcome eat. to another episode of the Popcorn Our Taste Can't is be. Trash. I'm Josh. I'm Jade. Woo! Oh, man. You did it. Two times. I two know. times. We're so excited. Are we? so, they're listening to us. Like People are out there like, wow, they said their names. How great is it? But like... Feels good. So yeah. like, feels like we're doing a professional podcast. We're, we're, we're getting there, guys. We we're learning. We're growing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jade, huge news this week. Britney is free. I know. Oh my god, I lost it. I've been following this story for a while now, and I remember the court date was going to be coming up, and we were waiting the you know sent like the decision. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, so finally she doesn't have um, a conservatorship anymore. It's really crazy to me because. You know, I I still remember seeing Britney Spears on MTV, you know, with Hit Me Baby One More Time. I was, let's see, she was like 16, 17 when that came out, like mm-hmm. 98. So I was like 12. Yeah. Vividly remember, because I was still watching MTV at that time, like that video and... Ooh, what was the one by Fiona Apple? The fa- oh, criminal. She, criminal. Oh, yes. Mm, those two. Those two music videos for me. Oh my god. My goodness. <laughs> I think I was like seven when they came out, oh, and god. I was obsessed. <laughs> I didn't really understand the sexuality of it, and my mom was just kind of like, uh, "That might not be appropriate, Jane." I don't Jane. know if this is for you. It still got me the CDs though, so you know. <laughs> and I remember saying, "Oops, I did it again." But, She's like, "Oh my god." Yeah, I mean, I remember going through that phase, and then through you know, she gets a little bit older. We get, you know, other great classics by Britney Spears. I'm thinking of the one, what's the one where she is in all the different costumes with, uh, like, the the stewardess one? Toxic. Toxic. That's the one. Oh, my God. And then we go into the uh, kind of meltdown Britney phase with the shaved head and, you know, kind of having some issues. But, like, it's crazy to me because we. this just feels like part of celebrity culture. Like, obviously, not everyone's mentally healthy. But, I mean, we see other celebrities have breakdowns and meltdowns and mental health issues and substance abuse issues just like normal human beings but like they don't get a conservatorship for 13 years no it was wild to me when i tell you so i remember the conservatorship being in the news that it was happening and at that time i didn't really understand what it meant um and obviously i I thought it was like temporary and i was like yeah clearly she's struggling someone needs to help her it wasn't until they brought up the Free Britney movement that I realized that she was still under the conservatorship. And I was like, how is this woman who's had a Las Vegas headlining it's show, crazy. album, been on television, concerts, like, you're telling me this woman needs a conservator? Like, I remember seeing her in concert in Orlando uh, when I was working in news, and it had to have been when she was under the conservatorship. And, like, yeah. she's performing, doing all these things. It's like, how is a person who can't take care of themselves going out and making millions yeah. of dollars? You're telling me she she can't be in charge for her own financials, like her own medication, yeah. like anything? Have you, like, have you watched the, any of the documentaries? Yet? Oh, my God, I've watched all of them. Uh, so I <laughs> Britney versus Spears, the Free Britney, like Framing Britney Spears. Yeah, I think it's the <laughs> Framing Britney Spears is on Netflix, right? Uh, that's Britney versus Spears. Br- Britney versus Spears. So... Yeah. 
I only watched a few minutes of it, but uh, Danielle, my wife, watched the entire thing, so I feel like I've watched it because she has <laughs> recapped the entire story for me. But yes. which one do you think is best? Like for folks who want to find out, I mean, all of them, obviously, right? <laughs> I mean, definitely watch all of them because they're all different points in her story that they're making these documentaries. But Framing Britney, I think, is the one that gives you the most information from the start to the end. And also just talking about how the public and media had such a heavy hand in how she got under the conservatorship in the first place. So um, I think that one really takes the closest look at how paparazzi are so unhealthy and how essentially, you know, when you're as big of a public figure as she is, how easy it is to basically just your life is not your life anymore, you know, and, and she struggled so much. So definitely watch all of them. But if you just want to start the train, uh, framing Britney Spears. And yeah. that's streaming. Where is that streaming now? Hulu, I believe. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm adding both those to my list because I want to, you know, we're both very free Britney here on yes. this show. So this is a great day for <laughs> us. But, uh, you know, another thing happened this week, I feel like there's everything in streaming is happening right now. Yes. Oh, my God. Disney Plus Day, which is apparently now is a thing. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> mainly, I think, because their stock prices are dropping yep. and they've kind of hit a, a wall, it seems like, in subscribers. But... We got a lot of great content from Disney this past week. I've already watched Jungle Cruise, Jade. Have you seen this yet? No, it's on my list. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I had so much to watch this week, but yeah, Jungle Cruise and Shang-Chi, they both just released them for this Disney Plus day, so I'm so excited to see them both. Yeah, so I watched uh, the short that they have for Luca, which I think is, is Chow... Chow Alberto. Alberto, yeah. Which I haven't seen Luca yet, but like it was still a fun little short. I'm sure it would have made more sense if I had watched the movie, yes. but like... I love those Disney Pixar shorts. So like, yes, it's oh my fantastic. Um, Jungle Cruise Jade. Uh, I'm sure you'll watch it anyway. It's I feel like it tries to be Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that. Um, it it just, almost looked like an Indiana Jones it, Pirates of the Caribbean Jumanji. It kind of tries to be all those things, but yeah. it's not as good as any of them. Right. It's yeah. OK. Like, you know, I mean, The Rock is good. Um Emily Blunt. I mean, Blunt. I want to say Rachel Weisz, and I'm like, that's wrong. No. Uh, Emily Blunt. They're <laughs> both great. The I mean, they're amazing <laughs> actors, I think, in, in almost anything they're in. But even yeah. their acting couldn't save it. Jade, it's, almost, it's an over two-hour movie. It's like two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, this is the biggest gripe that I have about movies streaming. recently. Yeah. Yes. Well, streaming and film, even. I mean, we've said it before. I'll say it again. Tight 90, guys. <laughs> we need a tight 90. Unless you're filming an epic like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, there's no reason for a movie to be two to two and a half hours long. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand what the advantage is of making movies longer. I mean, for streaming, I can almost understand. You want people in your platform watching. Yeah, right. But for this was a theatrical release. Yes, like, right. I mean, in most cases, you want that to be a little bit closer to that 90 or, you know, 120 mark yeah. so you can turn films over and over again. And honestly, I mean, I hate saying this because I feel like a broken record. I feel the same, Jade. Yeah. There, I, I can watch this movie and edit it as I'm watching it and go... You could have cut 30 seconds yep. off here. You could have cut two minutes off here. And I hate doing that because I'm like, I shouldn't have to be thinking this, this scene is, is too yeah. long. You know? Agree. Well, that's the thing, too, is like that's how you get a tighter storyline as well. When you when you have a, a tighter, obviously, like runtime, then you're cutting out all those little extra BS things yeah. that you don't need in the story. And it you makes don't. it cleaner. So anyways. I, I totally agree. But I'm excited. I want to watch Song chi Maybe it's something even, Jade, we could look at for a movie review. I we'll was thinking that Think too. about that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see there. But And there were just, I, again, there's some documentaries that got dropped. There were some uh, other shorts. Um, but 
Jade, I have to ask you about this because I I've seen it. It's in the queue. It's in the top little whatever's mm-hmm. di- you know Disney Plus's top five is, and it 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 gives me like indigestion and it makes me a little angry <laughs> and it just I I don't want to watch it. But it's called Home Sweet Home Alone, and oh. why? Look, I, I don't I don't like being that person that says don't do remakes because Hollywood is built on great remakes. This just seems like it's no. going to be trash. It absolutely is. This is just meant for the families to have something else for their kids to watch, to plop them in front of. This is not like a, oh, my God, babe, I'm so excited. We're going to get the kids. We're going to watch this. It's going to be so great. Like, this is literally like, okay, um, here, watch this. Watch Home Sweet Home Alone. Because this is a, essentially, I think, the fourth fourth or fifth installment of the Home Alone franchise, which I don't count anything past two. No. Right? Um, and there's... It has to have a Culkin in it to, to be a Home Alone. Absolutely. It ha- it's required. Yeah. If Macaulay is not there, it is <laughs> no, not a Home Alone not. film. I just, yeah, there's some things where it's like, it's just better left just doing something else. Just do something else. Yeah. It could have literally been similar to Home Alone, but you didn't have to make it Home Alone. And it's, you know what, honestly, that movie too, let's be honest, the formula isn't hard. So you could make something yes. else that's very similar that's not Home Alone because, Agreed. again, you know, I think there's plenty of room to make remakes in Hollywood, but like this is like it's a great cult classic. Yeah. It, it has gone beyond well, what it originally and was. It's also a product of its time. We yes. have so much tech now that a lot of the stuff that happens just would not happen. Cell phones. You have ring doorbells, and you have like I can text you cameras. on a plane. Yes, yeah, I mean, like you, 100%. Yeah. You can FaceTime, like you know what yeah. I mean. Like there's GPS tracking and like your stuff now. Like it's not. This is it's a different era. It exactly. worked in the '90s when you didn't when you have were cell gone phones. Yeah. And you were, that was it. Like you're or when you're on a plane. Remember when yeah. you couldn't call? Like an international calling was so different. Was so different. And right, even when you know, because I remember when I was flying when I was younger, and this was early 2000s when they started putting phones in the planes. Do you remember that? Where you could like swipe a calling card or a credit card (laughs) and make a call from the plane. Yeah. But that wasn't a thing. Like when you were in a plane, there was no communicating with anyone. So you were, if you were on an eight hour flight, like they were to Paris, that's it. And when they got to Paris, they would have to find a phone and pay for an international call. $3 a minute or something like that. Yes, to try, just to call the house to get like a missed call. You know? Yes. Like that was, oh God. And you would have to hope your answering machine or something like picks up or, you know, or you'd have to find a neighbor who's home or something and it's the holidays. Like everyone's traveling. Like just like they were. So the whole concept there's no like alarm systems. Um, There's nothing that like, like I said, like today you have like, you know, you got, People put cameras in their houses everywhere now yes. because it's inexpensive now. Like, like I said, like the, even the ring doorbell. If somebody tries to break into your house, it's right there, and it'll you go can straight talk to, to them your and cell be like, phone. Hey, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah, like stop while that. you're in Paris, be like, sir, so please I'm do not enter cops. my house. Yeah, yeah. Like, get out. Like you know, or like you know, that would all be you know how quickly that would be over today. It would be text your mom on the plane. Hey, mom, you left me at home. Bing. Oh, hey, text the neighbor. Hey, can you go over and grab Kevin? Movie's over. Within two minutes, the whole movie's over. Exactly. So anyways, yeah, this could have been something completely different that they did, but it was just unnecessary. And we're making all these claims without watching it. It could be a little different, but it just seems just the whole concept completely far-fetched. I mean, you know what? Honestly, Jay, I would feel the same way about The Goonies. Like, the movie The Goonies could not happen the same way if it wasn't done in the time period. No. 
it's 100% of its time. I feel the way about a lot of remakes where like, okay, I will say Jumanji was a great version of a remake where they put technology yep. in where it made sense. I loved it. J- yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry to cut you up, but like that <laughs> remake right there, that I loved it. Like people wanted Same. to hate it and they would tell me like, oh, I don't like it. I'm like, why? No. It's so good. I wanted they to hate it so much. It and they made it great. It was fantastic. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed it because they didn't try to take what happened in the first film and remake the first film. No. They took the idea of being sucked into this like jungle game. Yes. And, but they made it their own and they made it modern and it worked so well. And they well. made it fun. And they yes. got great characters, much like you had in the first one where you had like Robin Williams, yeah. you had Kirsten Dunst, you had all these great folks and actors making up all these characters. You got the same thing in a different way in the new Jumanji. And yeah. it's great. Even the second one. Even the, God, the one the they made after so it was so good too. Like, I loved all of it. Like, there is room to make... I'll like make remakes. a third. I'll yeah, watch like, it. <laughs> there's room to do it. But like, if you're not going to reimagine it and approach it in a different way, why remake the movie? Why do yeah, it? Yeah, I just don't think this is necessary. But if you guys watch it, uh, let us know. Let yeah, us know and let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah tweet at us. I, I just want to continue to hate it. Yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> so, Jade, real quick. Our movie review this week is The Harder They Fall. I loved this movie. Like, you know, honestly, what it made me think is I feel like we've been getting all these westerns recently from like the Tarantinos of the world. And I wanted yeah. to say, Tarantino, I hope you watch this movie because this is what I wanted when I watched The Hateful Eight. Oh my God. And even Django in some ways. Like, this is the yeah. type of western I wanted. No, truly. I was so just like, I, not that I didn't think it was going to be good. I thought it was going to be good, but I. I don't think I had the expectations of like how much it actually really was a phenomenal film. Like, yes. They pieced together these like beautiful shots, the setting, the costuming was incredible, the soundtrack was amazing. Like it just was very well done. You know, and honestly, we'll talk about this more in our movie review after we take a break, Jade, but you know, the top two build people were Idris Elba, I felt like, and Regina King. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think there were several other actors who, for me, ended up to be out. They outperformed those two, which was surprising because, I mean, there's a lot of great folks in this mm-hmm. cast, oh but God, yeah. I really thought the story was going to focus on those two actors. And honestly, I don't think they gave the best performances in the movie. And I think that just also is because they had the smallest, you know, part in the whole entire film. Like they maybe, were yeah. in maybe like 30 minutes of this two hour 20 minute film um and i think it really lent itself to these other actors that some are a little bit more well known some not as much and i think they just totally blew it out of the water well jade let's take a quick break and we'll come back and give our complete movie review of the harder they fall sounds great Feature presentation. Proof is a buck. Man, old devil. This gonna be Buck's last day amongst the living. What exactly he do to you? Call it a professional robbery. I know who you are. That love. Outlaw hunts down those who trespass against him. With no mercy. Where is he? Where is who? Your boss. My boss, clearly, you don't know me. 
And we're back with our movie review of The Harder They Fall, streaming now on Netflix. And this one was directed by Samuel James. James Samuel. Otherwise, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was getting right. I, I was looking at my paper and looked up and I, I was confident what I said. But what I was going to say is that he is otherwise known as... The Bullets, which yes, <laughs> apparently he does or has done prior to this uh, a bunch of music videos, I think, or he's primarily done music video Yeah, production. I think so. Yeah, I think it's like he restarted or yeah, what he normally does. Another thing I'm going to say without looking at his IMDb profile, because I'm pretty sure I read this earlier, is he also helped produce the music on The Great Gatsby in uh, 2013. He did. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, I'm getting I'm getting some <laughs> things right today, but uh, you know, just to start diving into this film, I will first off say, Jade, this was much better than I anticipated. Like, I thought it was going to be good, but it was something different than what I anticipated altogether. If that makes sense. No, I totally agree. I'm in the same boat. Like, I knew, it was, yeah, same thing. I was gonna, and it's gonna be a good film, but like, it really just it blew me away. Like. There were so many things about it that I just truly loved that were unique. So we already said it's like a two and a half hour movie. So I, I'm, we're not going to walk through the entire thing. There's a lot to unpack. But I mean, oh my God, yeah. what drew me in immediately, Jade, was the entire probably first 10 minutes of the movie. Just the whole opening the sequence. The intro is phenomenal. Like, oh, my God. It's great. Yeah, because we start off with basically this like classic scene. It's you know this priest. He has his wife and his son. They're sitting around dinner. And then our main villain, Rufus Buck, comes in. And he sits Idris down. Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> my boy Idris. And he sits down two gold guns and basically has this kind of little mini standoff at the dinner table where he points the guns at the, you know, the son and the wife. And then he turns his guns to the wife and shoots her. And then when he goes to kill the priest... We get the title cards, which hit every time that you just shot again. Yep. So it was like, bam, they. It's like, yeah, it's like the, and then bam, harder, bam, they, bam, fall. It was, it was just so well done. It's amazing. Yeah, it just brings you right into the scene. It's already gritty. There's like the blood splatter. Yeah. Like they don't shy away. And then he takes out his straight razor and carves a cross into the forehead of this like eight-year-old boy and you're like oh my god like you just killed a wife a pastor and mutilated a small child like what is happening but then you immediately get cutscene. you know you go to this you're in a church where you discover the boy now because he has a little confrontation with what ends up to be a kind of shady priest that's going on yeah and he takes off his hat and you see the cross and you're like oh shit and it's him it's obviously some kind of i think he was in the gang with no so if you remember because they showed a close-up of this man grabbing his shoulders when he's young and there's a scorpion tattoo on his hand right so when he comes to the church he's like i've been looking for a man with a scorpion on his hand and the guy kind of hides his hand behind his back and you see the scorpion yeah so he was part of the gang that was with rufus buck who killed his family and then he just straight up murders oh him God. right there. You, again, you know, you see some of those title cards. And you know what it kind of reminds me of, too? I mean, not just, it gave me very spaghetti western vibes, but mm. also kind of like modern, this is not a movie, but Red Dead Redemption, like, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. Rockstar Games kind of a, a vibe as well. No, for sure. It's a little bit more 
like, you know, Westerns can be pretty violent, but this is a lot more, like, gritty, gory, yes. violent that, yeah, you would see in a video game like Red Dead Redemption. Um, but I also love in this scene, though, this quote that after he shoots him, <laughs> this other priest, like, stands up and Nat goes, this is a wanted man. Turn him in and you'll get $5,000 for your church. And the priest is like, why don't you take him in? And he goes, I'm worth 10. I'm worth 10, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I, I love that. Because it's witty. Like, <sighs> it's not, you know... It, the dialogue in this film is definitely not like Tarantino level, it's not but like dark. It's, it's good. Yeah, like, it's fun. It's engaging. It's above even what you would see in most. I feel like Western movies. Yes. If you're into classic Western, I films. think because it doesn't necessarily take itself too seriously. Yes. Like it's not something where he would have been like you know. I don't know, just some generic remark that have been like, you know, oh, well, you know, this and this and that. Like, instead, he has like, a, there's so many witty comebacks and replies that I'm like, God, yes, like, this is what I came here for. Well, I feel like this film gives you, you know, everything you want from if you're a Western fan. I mean, you get to see the, you know, horses riding across the desert. You get train robberies. You get yes, shootouts. You bank get robberies. bank robberies. You get pretty much a little bit of everything you would expect in a Western. But also, like you said, even when it plays into those tropes or into those classic scenes or lines, it sometimes will do something a little bit different to yes. that either surprises you or makes you laugh or go, yes. oh, wait, I'm expecting something, but now I'm getting something different right. whatsoever. <laughs> and then this leads us into my next like thing that I absolutely love is the soundtrack for this. Oh, it's, my goodness. You expect, you know, you they have those classic Western sounds like the guitars and kind of the, the tambourine. You get some orchestra and, over some of yeah, the scenes as well. Like, it, you know, that very, you know, I, I think of John Ford Westerns, you know, right, where you yeah, get yeah. these very like landscaped scenes with just mm-hmm. great you know music coming like up classic sounds but then they intersperse it with these like modern like song tracks like somewhere like hip-hop a little yep. bit like blues and souls bluegrass like and it just fits so perfectly like it doesn't feel out of place at all there's and even a little reggae in there i don't know if you know yes, like there there's like a couple of scenes the town, and i'm like town. this is unexpected but like you said it just seems it to fit yeah like i don't get it like, like it doesn't take me out of the scene i feel like oh yeah this makes sense like <laughs> <laughs> well i think it helps that you know uh wait i'm gonna get this right james samuel the director is a music producer also that's something that he does we also yes. we already mentioned that a little bit but he I think he did the music for the majority of the soundtrack. I believe so. And I think that's honestly what helps it, you know, I think by kind of highlighting and underscoring it with this interspersed of, like I said, like the modern music with the traditional Western, it really like pushes it into this other place where it feels a little bit like a modern film, but it still also kind of has this Western roots, you know? Like I would almost pop this into my, you know, iTunes or one of my playlists and like listen to it in the car, probably just because oh, it's... I wrote a note that was like, <laughs> I'm going to listen to the soundtrack like <laughs> right after this. But you know, we haven't really gotten into Jade yet is just how many... I mean, we. I feel like we've been doing all these movies with A-list actors recently. I mean, we did Dune. Yes. We did uh, uh, French Dispatch. Uh, French Dispatch, and like, there's a ton of people in this movie. Too. I didn't realize how many people were actually in this film. I mean, every time someone came on the screen, I was like, oh my god, it's so and so. It's this person. It's that person. So like, our main protagonist. I mean, we have Nat. You know, Nat Love, who's the main protagonist, is played by Jonathan Majors, and people will recognize him from Lovecraft Pro- Country, Lovecraft, The Five Bloods, yes. um, Loki. Oh, that's that right. Well. Yeah. He plays the, the man god who... character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man upstairs, I think, is the Something, official. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember now. <laughs> um, he Who Remains. I yes. Think is, yeah. Uh, RJ, is it Kyler? I think is how you say his name. Yes. Uh, Jim Beckworth. I 
love him, by the way. He, he, he was a great character. Oh, my God. Well, and I love this actor. I first saw him in Me and Earl and the Dying I was Girl. just going to say, I looked up his page, and I, I had forgot, because he, that came out several years ago. He's younger. He's younger. Very young. Well, and Power Rangers. He was oh Billy. Oh, my goodness. He's the Blue Ranger. He was the Blue Ranger. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I love him, and he was fantastic as Jim Beckworth. No, that was one of my favorite characters in the, in the film. And then, of course, we have Damon Wayne Jr., who plays, I wrote down his character. I mean, people know him from New Girl. That's where I know him most oh, from. Oh, I know him from Happy Endings. Happy Endings? Okay, yeah. He plays, his name was Montreux Grimes? Yes. I think is what his name Monroe was. Monroe Grimes. Monroe Grimes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we, do we even get his name? I don't remember even hearing his name in the entire film. I believe they said it once, once? but they often referred to him as the Monroe brother, or the Grimes brothers, because his brother Clyde was with him in the very introductory scene of him. But they immediately kill Clyde. Yeah. And then they say, man, that was your half-brother. <laughs> he's like, that was my brother, man. He's like, he's your half-brother. Calm down. <laughs> uh, I mean, we also get Delroy Lindo, who I think is really great as the sheriff in this. Oh I mean, I, I like him. Well, in he's a, great in everything. He's great in everything. I was just going to say, like, I mean, Malcolm X, Get Shorty. He also was in The Five Bloods. Like, yes, like, I noticed there was quite a few people from yes. The Five Bloods that were in this. But, yeah. Um, Idris Elba, we already said. Regina King. Uh, you know, uh, two other people that I need to mention. Uh, it's Zazie Beetz. Yeah, That's Zazie right. Beetz. So I've seen her in things, but I didn't realize that was her name. Like, I I recognize this actress from several things. I mean, she was obviously in Atlanta. And then Deadpool 2, I think, yes, is probably what she's, she's most recognized yeah, for. Yeah, I think that's kind of what blew her into mainstream, because mm. she's done a lot of stuff, but I don't think a lot of people really knew her, but... Yeah, I think by Deadpool 2, she kind of put herself on the map. But uh. And also, uh, da- I need to mention, Danielle, uh, it's Deadweiler, I believe is her, is her name, who plays the character of Cuffy. God, Cuffy's uh, so great. She's in Gifted, uh, Watchmen the series. Mm. Really great. I haven't really seen her in too many things. Like, I think I, I've watched a little bit of Watchmen, so I think I've probably seen her in that. But for me, honestly, for out of all of these great names... It's Danielle and Zazie that steal this entire the performance in this entire movie. Like those two characters, like Zazie as as stagecoach Mary is probably the best performed character in the entire movie. She did a phenomenal job. I think she brought the kind of like the drama and the nuance to her character because her character essentially was part of the Nat Love gang, was with Nat Love, but then you know, she kind of dropped out of the gang because she didn't want to continue on his quest for revenge because yeah. obviously what they say about revenge is you dig two graves. <laughs> so, you know, um, and she wanted to start a new life. So she was buying up saloons. But you see this kind of internal strife with her trying to reconcile, you know, being in love with Nat and following him, but also wanting to have her own life. But she's like this fierce, intense, like awesome character. She's yes. a badass. Oh, badass. And throughout the entire movie, I mean, yeah. she, you know, the opening scenes where we see her, where she's, one, she has a great singing voice. Like she's saying, like oh opening number and music was great. So good. Uh, then she like basically tosses people around in her bar, yeah. has a great <laughs> fight scene at the end with Regina King where they get in, when there's a giant, you know, gunfight in the middle of this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do want to mention Regina King though one more time because there's one of the scenes that's my favorite in this is they do a train heist where they rescue the character of oh, Idris yeah. Elba. And I thought that was Regina King's shining moment in this entire movie. Like she stands in the middle of the tracks, makes a train stop, and then shoots a conductor in the head. Oh, my God. Like, that was an amazing scene. That was... And it was, yeah, it was the introduction to her yes. character, too. And it's like, she literally just stands there with her horse, like, just 
in does the not middle of the track. train. Like that conductor could have easily just Run ran over. her over and been like, whatever, like you, that's when you give her sitting in the tracks, but she just stares the train down. And then immediately when the conductor comes out, he's about to say the N word and she cuts him off by shooting <laughs> in the head. head. <laughs> that's another, you talk about lines. This is another great line in the movie where, you know, the, the conductor gets down after stopping it. He's running out going, what are you doing? You're you crazy. And he's like, mm. and this, one of the other characters sure, comes up behind will. her and goes, um, he could have been saying nincompoop. And he's like, well, I guess we're never going to find out, are we? And if anyone else on this train says any words beginning with the letter N, they're going to get the same. And I was like, damn, like, yeah. yes. Immediately I was like, okay, okay. That's Ms. the type of Trudy. movie we're watching. Yes. <laughs> like, no, she is absolutely incredible. She's a powerhouse also in this film. And yeah, that train scene, I mean, she commands all the power and everything she's yes. in. And I think I was a little almost at, uh, towards the end when they had the entire standoff in the town of Redwood. Like people kept referring to uh, Rufus as like her boss or like they were saying that she was like a lackey. She kept questioning like boss, like lackey, you know what I mean? And to me, I almost kind of wondered if maybe she was the brains behind everything. Ooh. And Rufus was just like the the badass gruff image of everything as it you know actually you know speaking of, of you know rufus and you know idris elba's character the that's really my favorite scene of his too is the train part because he's mm-hmm. basically being transported in this giant box which can we, i know we're suspending disbelief in this western <laughs> how is he breathing in this vault thought, of a safe i thought the same thing there's no air holes i thought there was money in there until he said yeah. that rufus was in there and i was like wait what he's literally in this it's a vault. It's it's, it's yeah. a literal vault. It's like a safe, yeah. With a safe, like there's no windows, no air holes, nothing. It is a like I, steel box. Yeah, I'm like I don't know how anyone's in so there. I, I was like he would be suffocated. He'd be dead already. He, yeah, he would 100 percent be dead. Like For, there's no question about it. But I just love the how intimidating he is in his presence with Regina King in this you know, mm. train with all these soldiers and he's just like, okay, um, we're going to keep this guy and execute everyone else. And it was like, <laughs> holy, God. and they just start shooting everyone. That was You're like, Whoa. He's like, who here knows how to drive a train? And no one raises their hand. And then finally the youngest kid like, Raises his hand. He's like, all right, kill everyone else. <laughs> and you're like, no, oh, my <laughs> gosh. This, this is it. Like, <laughs> like, we're in it. We're in it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I know there's still a ton to unpack here. I want to get to a few more things, Jade. What What is something else you have on your in your notes? Oh, my God. Well, I just absolutely love um, basically like the – like I said, the character of Jim Beckworth, mm. I wrote down so many lines from him. Like, <laughs> he was just absolutely incredible. He was known as, like, this, like, quick draw, right? He just was cocky, and he thought he was, like... Running his mouth all the time. Yes. And uh, one of the things he says is, like, we're not going to die because I'm lightning with the Bam Bams. And I <laughs> cackled. I was, like, that is so hilarious. Like, I can't believe him. And then he also, when they are uh, when they meet up with the Crimson Hood gang and they're robbing them, he <laughs> says this one line. He's, like... I remember a time y'all hoods used to be crimson, known as the Crimson Hood Gang. He's like, them motherfuckers pink now. <laughs> and I also do. I was like laughing too because I was like, oh my God, yeah, they are. They're absolutely pink. Like, you know, <laughs> since we had so many characters in this, I mean, we had two hours, two and a half hours in this film. I felt like Jim, I wish he had more lines. Like, I yes. wish his character was fleshed out a little bit more. I wanted, yeah, I wanted a little bit more from him. I wanted him to be featured a little bit more. Yeah. And, um, you know, spoiler, like when he does eventually die in the end, which I kind of expected they set it up a little bit for him to be that because he was cocky and he kept wanting to do a standoff against Cherokee Bill to prove who was the fastest draw in the West 
But uh, when he did, I was just also like a little disappointed because I was like, damn, he was like one of the best characters, though. Yeah. No, I I wish he had, because there was plenty of time, and I think you could have replaced some of his, you know, comic relief with other parts of the movie, and I think it would have been appreciated. But he just, I didn't feel like he got enough. But I mean, he does, his death does, spoiler, like we said, uh, you know, does kind of propel us into the final gunfight, which is kind of cool. But you get to really see who the character of Cherokee Bill is because, you know, they're trying to set up this classic showdown or gunfight where yeah. it's Jim's character is counting down from five yep. and he gets to three and Cherokee Bill just shoots him in the head and yeah. goes it shouldn't have counted too slow yeah he and was like, like damn and they count so slow <laughs> and you're like oh my god, oh my god yeah. because that, that kind of shows you too exactly like who these people are where it's like this isn't about you know they're not here trying to follow rules and respect because yep. also they're saying Cherokee Bill's known for shooting people in the back um, which he eventually does also to what is that character? Bill I what his name Pritchett. Is. Bill, 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 the sharpshooter. Yeah, yep. Eddie Gathigi. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's such a great scene. I mean, the whole shootout in the end was phenomenal. I think, which we were speaking about with it being two hours and 20 minutes long, <laughs> they could have cut out a lot of extra stuff in the middle, um, yeah, the, honestly. It was. So the beginning was really great. The ending is great because the end basically is a giant shootout and, and fight scene, which is fantastic. But there right. are parts in the middle that kind of drag for me. There is one part that I want to talk about because, you know, obviously this is predominantly African-American cast and you know what's interesting and I don't know how to say this sensitively, Jade, but like, you know, this is still very much a Western and it's not like blatantly, I don't know how to say this, like, I feel like sometimes movies who do all black casts or try to do, um, you know, like even all Asian casts or things like that, they fall into tropes, you know, like mm. I need to do black jokes or I need to do certain things because I have cast of a certain color. This is just a good, a it's, up it's not a good black Western. It's a good Western. Agreed. And I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not trying to put it in a separate category. It, exactly. of Like this is a, not just a comedy. It's a black comedy. Like, no, this is a, this is a, a good Western. Western. Like, and yes, it's a black cast, which is important, which is important, know, but, but I think it's interesting because even though they don't dive too much into a lot of like racial disparities, there yeah. are a few stark differences that I noticed, Jade. Oh, yes. And that's when they go and rob a bank in, in yeah. a white town. And they even say that they're like, I need you to go rob a bank. And they're like, where? And I forget the name Maysville. of the town. Ta- Maysville. And they're like, Oh, that's the, the white, white town. town. And then they're like, we can't do that. That's the, the white town. And I the was like, what? title credits that come up when they go into Maysville, it goes Maysville. And then in parentheses, it's a white town. Yeah, it's a white town. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. But like, you know, the difference is so we we spend a lot oh of our God. time in Redwood, yes. which is Rufus Buck's town that we find out. And then when we go to Maysville, so Redwood is so colorful. Like yes. you have like those classic, like really oversaturated, like wood buildings. And yeah. there's all this color in the, you know, just in the there's wallpaper. Like the, yeah, there's like the fabrics and the wallpapers, the textures, like everything. Maysville is literally white. It's, all the buildings are white. Yes. The interior is white. The I wrote people that down are too. wearing white. Like, yes. The, like, it's like, it's so desaturated. I think yes. they even intentionally desaturated the film itself. 100%. It's just the point where my eyes hurt. Like, no, like, watching the scene, I was like, oh my there's God. There's a standoff scene when they're in the bank where Nat Love is like, you know, holding people up with his guns. He is like in, it felt like vivid color. Yes. And everything around him is just so white. Like, yes, it's desaturated. Like out. Yeah, and like, because everyone's wearing just like these like brown, neutral, tans, beiges, and everything is so stark 
white, especially for Western town. And I just thought it was this beautiful visual contrast of exactly these two different worlds that they kind of like live in. And especially because they have Cuffy in this bright red dress. So she she just stands out in this whole scene. Honestly, it was so well done. But I just, yeah, I just thought it was such a great way of showing like this different contrast between the two like towns and cultures and just showing that it's a white town. Like, no, it's like, it's literally (laughs) a white white town. town. (laughs) (laughs) We had to cover that. And, you know, again, I want to go back to why Cuffy is one of my favorite characters because she's the one that actually ends up killing Cherokee Bill in the end. So Cherokee Bill, you know, he starts the whole gunfight at the end by killing uh jim and then he comes and shoots bill like we said yeah. in the back uh mm-hmm. after we almost think he's gonna be safe because he pulls oh out this God. coin and goes oh look and there's a bullet in the coin going oh wow that's how i didn't die and then he immediately yeah. gets shot in the back yes i know i said right right with that down too because i was like i can't believe cherokee pill cherokee bill shoots him in the back literally after he realized that he survived death yes. on accident he didn't even know he was shot he yep. like pulled the coin out and was like oh shit like <laughs> i think you know and then but then we get the showdown between cherokee bill and cuffy and cuffy ends up to be the quickest draw and and kills cherokee bill and it feels so bad like that's Ew, one of my favorite moments yes it felt so validated and i loved in the end too when she was like jim would have beat you basically yes. like, had he been given a yep. chance she he, like he would have also beat cherokee bill and i just thought that was such a great like kind of nod towards him now i, I want to go into some one or two negatives before i give our rating here one for me i mean we talked about the length already so we don't need to do that there's definitely mm-hmm. some editing that could have been done to i think tighten it up a little bit for sure but the ending for me kind of fell apart the yeah. end the whole ending here so you know we have a the final standoff between Nat Love and you know Rufus and you know I I wanted it to be more so like you know you get mm-hmm. to the point where you know they're gonna have a little bit of a fight and you know Nat's gonna win we we assume that but the story doesn't go quite how I thought it would like I thought we were gonna get some kind of confession from Rufus that he wanted to create this town this utopia of right. Redwood which he talks a little bit about but we don't really get a ton yeah, on that because that's his whole motivation for getting the money yes you know like that's the his he's whole... supposed to be building this town or something yeah I guess, like he talks know? about like is oh it's for redwood and yeah. we're like okay great so what are you doing for redwood he never tells us he never tells us yeah and then his real motivation is just like <laughs> it's i i yeah I, I don't get it like i mean i but but here's the the, the story that we get at the end though is the reason he killed the people in the beginning, the preacher and his wife, and mutilated the kid who ends up to be Nat Love, mm-hmm. is that that was his dad, too. Yeah. And he was like, oh, he used to beat me, and he beat my mom, and he and beat my mom, guy. until one day he killed her. And we're brothers. And then he took off, and then he's like, yeah, and I found him years later, and he had yeah. made this perfect life with, like, you and his new wife, and essentially, he's like, that's why I, I killed him, and I killed your mom. And he's like, oh, and I, but that's why I couldn't kill you, because I couldn't kill my I brother. Kill my own brother. And I'm like, and then Nat kills him and gets all you know rage and you're just like like it just felt so after two hours it felt so Uh, unsatisfying that that was the resolution yeah i mean yeah it was a great little twist but it just the fact that they just waited till the end to even give us a piece of that like there was nothing there was a lead up i think that's the frustrating part because it's like if you're gonna do that at least plant a seed that makes me think like i don't need you to spoon feed me but, like, you can't just drop that at the end of the movie yeah. and say, this like, is the resolution. Uh, what would have been nice, like, little hints. So I remember, 
you know, when he was it Nat has the ring, he's like, this is the ring that he gave my mother. Well, it would have been great if he also had his father's ring. And maybe there was yes. a special designer imprint. And then maybe in another scene, they show a man beating his son and that his ring left an imprint like somewhere on Something. his body. I mean, you had the time to do it in a yes. two and a half hour movie and you just it, didn't do it. And you didn't. And then, yeah, because like, then we could have seen that on Rufus somewhere and we were like, oh, that was Rufus. But then later when he pulled, like let's say Nat pulled out the ring and you were like, oh shit, that's the same design. Exactly. And you, you know, you know something. what? The other thing that I would have enjoyed more is, you know, hearing more about, I thought we were going to get, like I said, this vision of what Rufus wanted for Redwood and what his motivation, why he did these right. bad things. And it would have been almost made more sense for Nat to kill him and kind of become that character, become the good yes. version of Rufus. But right. we didn't even get that. We just got this death and then they just run off into the sunset. And you're yeah. like, he leaves there's with no resolution The here. only survivors, which is Cuffy, uh, Mary, and then the, uh, what is his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Bass Reeves, yes, the, yes. the marshal, and fakes his own death. And the marshal's like, oh, if I say someone's dead, they're He's dead. dead. But yeah. then here's the part that actually kind of pissed me off was they cut to this quick like yep. little like clip yep. of basically a woman holding a bowler cap. It's Regina King. It's, it's Regina King. Yeah. And I was like, what? How is she not dead? How is she not dead? She got beat the fuck out of. She like, was beaten with a shovel. If she wasn't dead, she is severely also, brain damaged. how would Mary... Just leave not knowing that she was dead. I was gonna say, like, Mary. I love actually. That's one of my, another great scene with Mary is when she finishes that fight and just screams like yes. down at it. Like to like me, I was like, scream. Ah, like yeah. it was so it's just satisfying. like all this anger and everything she's feeling is coming out. No, it was so good. But yeah, I was like, oh, that kind of cheapened it a little bit. Yeah, and especially just, because I'm like, what are you trying to say? There's a sequel. There's a sequel. That, that's exactly what it is. I mean, will I watch it? Yes, but like, yeah, I, the ending for me kind of fell off. But you know, Jade, where where do you rate this film overall? You know, for me, I think this is a gem. I was almost going to read a treasure, but honestly, I don't think it's strong enough to be a treasure. I don't think, you know, uh, what we consider a treasure. <laughs> but um, but it's for sure a gem. This is definitely something that I think people should watch. And I think this is going to be talked about. And I think this is kind of the new revolution of Westerns. Um, yes. Which, speaking of, I mean, we have another one coming out from Netflix in the fall featuring Benedict Cumberbatch, another Brit. Um. <laughs> Scorsese is also making a uh, Western. Yes. Uh, I think that was uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which yes. is based on a book. Which is why I think everyone's making a Western right now, personally. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And then, of course, you have Rust, if that ever comes out. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think this is just like the the start of, of the new modern Western. I, you know, I agree. I, I'm going to go agree with you and say, for me, this is a gem. And I think the reasons it's not a treasure are close to the same. So, I mean, the acting is mm-hmm. amazing. I think the directing was fairly solid. The music, again, is just phenomenal for this film. But where it falls apart for me, again, is, you know, saying length, I think it's a little bit of a cop-out, but it's it's that it could have been, some of the storylines could have been better trimmed and more concise for this film. It could have been an hour and a half. It could have been an hour, probably an hour 45, I think is I what this could have been. Agreed. I think that's a good time. And then the ending for me, like the story itself while it started out so strong, really fell off at the end yep. for me and didn't give me anything. That, you know, it didn't give me what I wanted. It didn't yep. give me a, a classic Western or even like a here's a trope and we're going to twist it. It just kind of gave me something that felt thrown together and didn't complete the story. a little expected. I feel like people keep trying to do these twist endings. But it wasn't a twist. Right. It, it wasn't good. It, just, it wasn't a good yeah. twist. Like a surprise know? when, or like, you know, whatever. I feel like 
people or these like you know writers or directors or whatever keep trying to do like a little bit of a of a gotcha oh, yeah, yeah like a little gotcha of like hey look but it wasn't good like, no this is what it, I mean like I mean not... I love a gotcha I love like a holy fuck I didn't see that coming but like yeah I like it in a way that goes that's clever and smart and this movie went above this right. was just kind of like eh. like it almost feels like they had three or four endings and they were just like this one sounds fun here it is well it's a two hour and twenty minute long movie <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, anyway, we still recommend that you see it. So it's streaming Absolutely. now on Netflix. Definitely add it to your queue. Give it a watch. That was our movie review of The Harder They Fall, streaming now on Netflix. I don't particularly enjoy violence. That being said, you are currently in company of extremely violent individuals. Jump, mother. Shingle and well for you. And once again, that was our movie review of The Harder They Fall, streaming now on Netflix. And you know what? Uh, I promised last week, Jade, I have to bring this up, that my buddy Nick was going to be on the show to help us review the movie, talk about Westerns uh, from the Profoundly Pointless podcast. But uh, unfortunately, we had a scheduling conflict. We're going to have to get him to come on a a future show because his wife had to work and he's watching two kids that are just uh, running (laughs) around crazy right now. And it's it's kind of weird. Like kids to me at this point in my life are kind of like you know, living in Florida when people say, oh, there's snow outside. I forget. (laughs) Like, I know my friends have kids and they're a lot to handle, but like, it's so odd, especially because most of these guys, like my buddy Nick, I knew him 10, 15 years ago. We used to hang out a lot in Orlando and party all the time on the weekends. And it's hard sometimes for me to place him into that role of like, he has two toddlers at home, just like, jumping all over him all the time it's odd you know <laughs> oh i know it's i i'm at the age now where my friends are like having kids and stuff and it's just weird to see them as parents when i <laughs> seen them like basically like puking in a parking lot and like peeing behind a dumpster you know what i mean and i'm like wow and you're in charge of a human you're being. in charge of a human being now like yeah. wild we used to do we bowling and shots every time that we got a strike like you like, know we like, didn't was... go out until 10 o'clock at night <laughs> yes. like you know and now, now you're I'm in bed by me, 10 o'clock yeah, I don't have kids, Jade. I'm in oh, bed no, no. by 10 o'clock most no. of the time. <laughs> My parent friends are like in bed by eight, you know, like, uh, yeah, where it's like nights of just raging or now nights of watching 2020 and falling asleep at 8 p.m. <laughs> 2020, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Or, or The Great British Bake Off, which is a great show, by the I way. I mean, that's for any age, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, Jade, I feel like we can't leave the show today without talking about some of our favorite Westerns, because you and I both... Love the Western genre. That's oh, yeah. why The Harder They Fell just jumped out at us. And we honestly, for all the shows that we've done, we've talked a lot about horror. We've done action movies. We've done superhero movies. We have not talked a lot about Westerns in the show yet. No, I, I think we like briefly touched on it when we were talking about some of our favorite f- film genres. But uh, yeah, we haven't gone in depth about Westerns yet. So let's do a top five here real quick. Like, all right. Where... I feel like we're going to have some very similar ones. We talked a little bit. Possibly. We don't know. I don't think what all of them are, but what's okay. jumping right off the page? What's number five? Um. Okay. So number five for me is going to have to be probably The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like it's a little underrated. Like, I don't feel like people liked it in meme culture, but didn't appreciate <laughs> the movie itself enough. Yeah, this actually won like quite a few awards and was, you know, recognized in a couple different film communities. But this is like that same thing of like balancing like a little bit of a humor with classic yeah. Western. Um, and I, I love the storytelling element of it. And I, actually, yeah, like this is one of the 
definitely fell under the radar. This is a Netflix original, right? I can't. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, it yeah. is a Netflix original, and uh, you know, I think for those of you who are confused about what this movie is and don't recognize the title, it's <laughs> you'll recognize it from the meme with James Franco, where he goes, uh, yes. he's on the gallows, and he looks over at the people getting hang- hung with him, and he goes, first time." which is a great line in the movie it's fantastic but it's yeah it's it's great you know oh i was gonna go five for me unless you had something else okay yeah so i'm gonna go five uh number five for me is 1969 i want to make this clear it's it's because this is a remake that happened in 2010 Ah, okay true grit with john wayne Ah. love this movie john wayne actually won an oscar for his acting performance in this and you know one more thing i have to mention is this actually has a prequel to it called Rooster Cogburn. That oh my God, right. is also a great movie. Yes. So if you watch True Grit and like that, you have to watch Rooster Cogburn because actually Catherine Hepburn plays opposite of John Wayne in that film. And those yeah. two together in that movie are amazing. I love like, Catherine Hepburn in general. She's brilliant. She's great. I feel yeah. like people kind of lose track of her in the later part of her career. Yes. But she does some great stuff, like especially popping up in a John Wayne movie in like, right. I think it was like the <laughs> 1960s, you know? I mean, it, it was fantastic. But I know there was a remake of this by the Coen brothers in 2010. It's okay, but for me, it's the classic that I enjoy the most. All right. All right. Well, then I think number four for me is 310 to Yuma. Oh, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the remake in 2007. Um, that was with Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. But the original 1957 310 to Yuma is really, obviously, the best. Um, I don't know what it is with these like Western remakes that are good, but it's just like not the same. I just don't know if it's what we want. You know, man? Right. I, just not quite, I think they try to capture it, but I feel like if you're going to do modern, you have to go yeah. a little more modern, you know? Well, and also, I feel like the early 2000s just did not know how to get things like this right. I agree. You know, like, I feel like if you were to remake it today, like, 310 to Yuma would be brilliant. I think 2007 was not the time. Not the time. <laughs> well, I, like I said, we, we've already talked about some of the titles, but there's going to be a whole slew of Westerns coming out at the end of this year and beginning of next year oh, that yeah. I think are really going to, again, I think relaunch that Western genre again. But number four for me is, I, I think it's a movie that's on the top of a lot of people's lists another john wayne movies i love john wayne uh movies not the guy the guy's a dick but <laughs> the, yes. this is a john ford 1956 the searchers and oh, okay i mean you know cla- this for me is like classic john ford classic western you get revenge you get the great cinematography that you expect from westerns it's just all around mm, love the searchers <laughs> i don't I've actually seen the one. I'll have to look it up. I know. Gasp. I know. Listen, I've seen so many like westerns in my life, and so many John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. Some of them kind of do blend together. I feel like uh, you know the Hateful Eight. That there's parts of the Searchers that is actually pulled into the Hateful Eight because there's this great winter scene in in the Searchers where they're you know searching for this uh, this woman. That's kind of what they're searching for the entire movie. But (laughs) there's this great winterscape scene that kind of makes me think it could have been an inspiration for the Hateful. That makes sense. Um, All right. So funny enough, number three for me is True Grit. Yes. Yeah. Crossover here. I will say I enjoyed actually the 2010 version. Um, I think they gave like a really great performance. Haley Steinfeld was incredible. I'll give you that. Yes. I think Haley Steinfeld, amazing. That I think was the first film I I saw her in and that kind of put her on the map for me personally. But I mean, I think Josh Brolin was fantastic. Jeff Bridges did a great job. He's not the best Rooster Cogburn. Matt Damon fell apart for me as the buff. Uh, yeah. um, I think you and I had talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, he's 
kind of the reason that brought it down for Matt me. Matt Damon in a Western. It's I know. Odd. That's what I keep saying. He's a little Bostonian. I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in the 69 version, as we both said, is the better version. But I did enjoy the 2010. Watch both. Like, if you haven't watched yeah. either one, watch both. Watch and both. Then, yeah. But let us know what you think. But so here's one that I don't know. I want to see if you've seen this one. It's another John Wayne. So my bottom three are all John Wayne. Spoiler. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is 1971. Big Jake. Have you watched this? Okay, I just looked that up. It seems familiar to me. So the entire thing is uh, John Wayne plays a rancher. His grandson gets kidnapped, and then he rounds up yes. this posse to go get him back from this gang. That's right. I We did talk about this earlier. I have seen this. I keep thinking I've of seen it, it a billion as times. Like another version of the Hatfields and McCoys. That's a movie I would love to see remade today, and I think Same. it would be amazing. I want. I love that story, and I've always enjoyed it. I think they tried to make a mini-series out of it. It wasn't Maybe. good. Maybe. I mean, that's definitely a movie that could be remade and retold in a modern way, and I think because of the elements, it has a ton of room for whatever director wants to go in a Absolutely. direction. It'd be great. That would be a good one. So we're getting to the top here. What's your top? What's number right. two? Number two for me may surprise you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, I with mean, the one of us <laughs> had to have that on their Eastwood. list. I mean, it's I, a classic. It is. It's one of like the, when you think of, of like Westerns, like you think of the good, bad, and the ugly. This is 1966. Clint Eastwood. Sergei Leone. Oh my God. Spaghetti West. I mean, that, is, that yeah. movie is, if you say Spaghetti Western, that's, that's what we're talking about. That of. is the movie immediately you think of. Yeah. I mean, this is the one that I think almost everyone has seen in terms of a classic like Western. I feel like not everyone has seen it, but they've at least seen heard, scenes from yes, it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, the, I can't, I can't do it, but you know, the, what's that <laughs> whistling, you know, the whistling where it's like, like yeah. that's a horrible rendition of we it. We are but like, clearly not. But then, but then it's like, you know, you get the close-ups of everyone's eyes. Like you get yes. that in every Western and every, I feel like every well, Western anytime, since then ripped it off. Absolutely. I mean, that is I think what everyone puts in when they're like mocking Westerns, when they're trying to yep. like portray something as a Western, they take that. And yeah, you're right. That kind of came from the good, the bad, and the ugly. That really set that entire style and, and, in stone. The whole standoff Western, like the shootout, you yes. know, where you're doing the quick draw. Yep. So many movies rip it off, and that's where it originated, was yep. in Sergei Leone's The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, that whole, like, waiting to pull the gun out and shoot each other, like, yep. that whole scene. But so if you're not, like, deep into Westerns, you really need to watch that one yes. to truly understand kind of the, the to modern get your foundation. Tropes. Yeah. Yeah, to get your foundation for Westerns. But I want to go a little different. So I'm going a little more modern for my last two. My number two is The Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. and. Oh. This is a movie, I think the 90s was actually a great era for Westerns coming back. There were a few great it ones. Was. And they were a little bit different because they really tried to bring Westerns into a modern era. And that really started with The Unforgiven because, you know, traditionally you have the good guy, the bad guy. You have the good guy in the black hat and, mm. you know, the the, or I say the bad guy the in the guy black, in the black hat, hat, the good guy in the white hat or in the white horse. This yeah, was different. Yeah. You actually had Clint Eastwood as the, quote, good guy. But he had a troubled past. He wore a yeah. black hat, much like the outlaws. And there was all there's all these different tropes that they kind of turn on its head in this film. It's amazing. Like, if you haven't seen this, if you don't watch any other Clint Eastwood, I know he did, did a ton of stuff, you know, Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. You know, the outlaw He's Josie Whale. Done literally every like He's done every type of Western. <laughs> this is my favorite overall this of is, all of his oh Western. Oh my god, yeah. Morgan Freeman, Gene Morgan Hackman. Yeah. Richard freaking Harris, double for himself. Movie. Yep. Oh is in this God. movie. It's it's amazing. Love Ugh, it. Well, 
All right. I think we may share our number one. Ooh. It is, for me, Tombstone. Oh, that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> number one. See, we're in a, we didn't even look at the list. We made these separately. Tombstone, mine as well. Favorite. Like, yes. I, how many times have you watched that, Jade? I've watched it at least 15 times. I, yeah, I've watched this probably maybe five or six times yeah. total. But, I mean, this one, surprisingly, is a 1993 film. Yeah. And, and just like you it said. It doesn't feel 93. It doesn't feel like The 90s was a good era for doing westerns. I think they managed to get it right. Or the two early 2000s. I don't know what was happening there. <laughs> but, no, this one is fantastic. I mean, this is. Val what, Kilmer is one yep. of my favorite. Like, Kurt he has. Russell. I mean, he has the best line where he's like, I'm your huckleberry. Like, <laughs> I use that meme all the time. I love it. Uh, everything about it. Oh, my God. And this is some of my favorite other people, like Sam Elliott, who Bill is... Bill Paxton? Oh, God, Bill Paxton, who is, like, literally the carbon copy of my dad, like, physical <laughs> and both, like, his attitude. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, this is... Um, yeah, this is a good film of just like the action's amazing, the acting. I love the story, um, and you get those western vibes. It's slightly more modernized, yeah. but um, it's still just yeah. It gives you a ton of the western classic western that you're looking for. It brings it a little more into a modern age, and but you still feel like you're in that classic western setting. I mean, and you get you get you get everything. You get you know revenge. You get yeah. classic shootout scenes. You get. You know, the good guys amazing win. Amazing like, mustaches. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so many mustaches in this. And you get, like, a little bit of humor, which is yeah. a little bit different than, like, classic, like, more serious westerns. You right. get, like, that whole character, Val Kilmer. This is one of my, yes. easily one of my favorite roles of his, period. I think that's, and I that might be actually a little bit of a trend in my movie picks, is I do like the touch of, like, wit and clever like humor in these westerns i think it just adds to i mean like the seriousness of some of them but um i definitely lean a little bit towards like the more like witty well i like too i think you and i i mean are children of the 90s really and i mean (laughs) in the 90s like you know with Scream, even though Scream was several years later, I feel like in a lot of 90s movies, they started to do more tongue-in-cheek of, yeah. let's make fun of the genre that we're in, or yeah. let's make fun of the situation, because, you know, we, at that point in the 90s, you've been, people have been watching movies for 100 years, they know the tropes, they know what's supposed to happen, and I feel right. like really in the 90s and then in the 2000s, it continued where you have characters that almost take a step outside the genre or take a step outside the movie and kind of make fun of the situation. And that's funny as an audience member. You're like, oh, I see what's going on here. Like we're having a conversation about the movie as it's happening almost, you know? Yeah, (laughs) a little meta, if you will. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. We'll see. Tombstone then, number one consensus. You heard it here on Our Taste is Trash. But, uh, you know, quickly, Jade, let's talk about next week. What are we going to review? I think we know. Oh my God! It's gonna be Shang Chi ah, and the Legend of the Ten Rings just now out yeah. on Disney Plus on this whatever they're calling it Disney Plus Day, which is Ooh. I guess gonna be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I mean, if it means you're gonna give me a ton of content, which ton means two movies, two movies, <laughs> and a couple of shorts and a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something with Jeff Goldblum. I but think, you know, too. <laughs> I'm here for it, and I can't wait to watch Shang Chi. Yep, me too. So we'll be watching that next week. So come back for our movie review of Shang Chi and the Legend, Legend of the Ten of Rings. The Ten Rings. There we go. Yeah, all right. And uh, Jade, where can people find us if they want to find out more about the show? Yeah, so um, you can follow us on our socials. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok as Our Taste is Trash. Ooh. Or you can find us on OurTasteIsTrash.com. And make sure to uh, rate, review, and follow us wherever you find podcasts. That's right. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping by. I can't talk anymore. So we're going to have to let you go. We'll see you on the next episode. To get ourselves a Hey!